Welcome, friends, to Merit's Musings. This is a podcast for educators in the very broadest sense. I'm a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent. I've dedicated my life to helping people grow and learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its artistry, but also its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, a minister, and a parent. Often I'll orient my musings around a poem I love, because any time I can spend talking about poetry is time well spent in my book. And I might talk a little bit about my dogs, Theo and Toulouse. If you're not the type of person who enjoys a little random dog talk, this may not be the podcast for you. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and feedback. I especially appreciate the last two sets of feedback I've received. Thank you. My contact information is on my website, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com, and on my Facebook page. And now for this week's episode, I've chosen the poem, What I Learned from My Mother, by Julia Kasdorf. So here we go. I learned from my mother how to love the living, to have plenty of vases on hand in case you have to rush to the hospital with peonies cut from the lawn black with ants, still stuck to the buds. I learned to save jars, large enough to hold fruit salad for a whole grieving household, to cube home canned pears and peaches, to slice through maroon grape skins and flick out the sexual seeds with a knife point. I learned to attend viewings, even if I didn't know the deceased, to press the moist hands of the living, to look in their eyes and offer sympathy, as though I understood loss even then. I learned that whatever we say means nothing. What anyone will remember is that we came. I learned to believe I had the power to ease awful pains materially, like an angel. Like a doctor, I learned to create from another's suffering my own usefulness. And once you learn how to do this, you can never refuse. To every house you enter, you must offer healing. The chocolate cake you baked yourself the blessing of your voice, your chaste touch. So this poem is new to me. Uh, I've only been looking at it for maybe three, four days. I ran across it uh, as I was doing some exploring on the internet um, and fell just passionately in love with what Ms. Kasdorf is accomplishing. Um, Of course, we're right before Mother's Day, and I've been thinking a lot about motherhood, both as a concept and then very Specifically, there are many mothers in my life. My own mother is currently wrestling with an illness. um, And my wife, of course, is the mother of my three children. And my eldest daughter, Jessica, is also mothering our first grandchild. So I have these layers of motherhood very concretely in front of me, but also this general concept of what is mothering love. And this poem is such a wonderful, powerful way of encapsulating this concept of love. I love this. I learned from my mother how to love the living. Uh, And for me, that anchors into this idea that love is not an abstract that occurs in an ethereal plane, but love is particular to a particular moment and a particular person, that we love the living, the people in front of us, the people around us, the people who need loving. And this whole poem is not about 
the emotion of love, but the action of love. And I think for me that changed everything when I realized that love is action, not just a vague feeling. Uh, in this poem, there's all these food references. And I, in my own teaching, I have over the last three, four years come to realize the importance of love in the material. So I have a small food pantry where students may grab uh, crackers or um, cookies or raisins or whatever I happen to have it at hand. Um, I uh, always hand out pencils and pens. I'm not one of those teachers who fights with my students about whether they have a pencil or pen. I have a big bucket. When it's empty, I fill it again. I'm trying to do other things than fight with them over that. Um, I try to give out face masks whenever I have them available in this time of pandemic. Um, during quizzes, I always give out candy. Um, and even though I work with older students in high school, I give out stickers and they roll their eyes and complain, but you better believe if I skip somebody, they're gonna raise their hand and say, I didn't get my sticker. Uh, those tiny tokens of affection, of love are meaningful and they become a grease that smooths out the relationship in my classroom. Uh, my students put up with an enormous amount of stress and pressure and demands, which normally many of my students are not uh, have not been successful in school. Um, normally they just would shut down, but because I have been throwing so much love at them in these very material ways, they are willing to try in a very material way to complete that worksheet, to write that paragraph, to read to the end of the story. Um, and it is love being thrown at them that turns into love received that becomes the power of my classroom. Uh, I have a student who every Tuesday, I give him a bottle of Gatorade. We, we cut a deal. I give him a bottle of Gatorade. He does his classwork for that week. Uh, and yes, it is an absolute 100% bribe. Uh, and would I do it even if he didn't do the classwork that week? Yes. Because maybe next week he will. Love isn't a deal that you cut. Love is action you do for the living. Uh, so that whole piece around the physicality of love, the showing up with food, the cutting of flowers, I, I think that's incredibly important for me because I I have trouble with that. And so I'm, I've been learning this uh, very hard for a while and it's starting to really click. In the middle of the poem, there's talk of funerals, uh, attending the viewings. Um, and that was a life lesson I had maybe a decade ago. There was a poem, uh, which I might do someday for this podcast, that talked about always attending the funeral. Um, it's a celebration of the dad in the poem. And the dad, uh, his piece of advice to his son is always go to the funeral. Um, and I've tried to do that, and I've found that it is incredibly powerful, not only for my own healing, but because of the ministry of presence. There's a line that says, I learned that whatever we say means nothing. What anyone will remember is that we came. And we call that in uh, ministry circles, the ministry of presence. Just showing up is the key, right? Uh, and that's hard because your mind comes up with all these reasons not to show up, 
right? It's awkward and it's uncomfortable. And that's the loving sacrifice. You give up your comfort. You accept that this is going to be awkward and you go and you stammer maybe and you shake hands and you hope you don't try to make a joke that comes falls flat because it's the wrong moment. But out of your awkwardness, you, you feel like telling something funny uh, and you work through that. And that's love and healing for others. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love my dogs and I love dogs in, in, in my life and why I think every human being needs dogs around them. What one of the many things dogs provide is ministry of presence. As I am recording this, you can probably hear my, my pit bull Theo, my American bulldog Theo snoring in the background in the seat right next to me. Um, he tries to stay within four feet of me all the time. And if he can't be with me within four feet, he moves over to my wife to be four feet. Uh, ministry of presence. Whenever I have need, he is there. Uh, and the more upset, the more stressed out, the less capable I am of processing my emotions, the more my dogs are right there with me. Um, you know, of course, sometimes when I'm going to the bathroom, I would prefer not to have the ministry of dog presence, but I get it anyway, I guess because they're worried something might go wrong and they want to be there. Just show up, right? 90% of life, 90% of everything is showing up. Uh, I think that was Bob Dylan. Might have been Willie Allen. I should look it up before I include it in the podcast, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to make it up as I go along and you can write me a letter and start the conversation that I got it wrong. So again, in our poem, we open with love the living and we talk about these material things we do, providing food, and then we show up at the funerals and it says, I became to believe I had the power to ease awful pains materially like an angel. Uh, in my faith, we talk about being saints for other people. Um, but I love this idea that it's all about the material. Uh, again, I think of uh, the New Testament and Jesus, and so much of his ministry was show up and feed somebody. Uh, make sure that the basics were covered. That's the start of real love. Um, and once you can cover the basics, once you help them eat, once you make sure that they're safe, uh, then we can move into all these other ways that we can love. So it says... Once you learn how to do this, how to find usefulness at times of other people's suffering, you can never refuse. And then it goes on and ends with, at every house you enter, you must offer healing. And I think that's right. That's the goal. That's the purpose. Uh, give to others what they need to thrive. Become a source of healing and support everywhere you go. Find and look for people that need and show up. And show up with whatever you've got, right? If you have a candy bar, offer the candy bar. If you have flowers, offer flowers. And I know immediately in our sort of hypersensitive culture, we think, well, what if they don't like flowers? What if they're allergic to this candy bar? I, you know, how do I know what to offer? And I would say, just offer what you have, which is you. And if you bring them a piece of candy and they don't eat candy, or you bring them a lasagna and they don't eat meat, or they're lactose intolerant, they will not care. They will appreciate the fact that you tried. 
right? It doesn't matter what you say. All anyone will remember is that we came, that we showed up, that we tried, which is incredibly reassuring for me because so many times my good intentions fall flat uh, in life. Teaching is the art of the noble failure. You work so hard, you pour so much in uh, to your students, but it doesn't always work out. It often doesn't because there's so many other influences besides the teacher on their lives. Many of those influences pull them away from healthy habits. But the act of trying in and of itself is a great, noble effort. Um, and we often talk about planting seeds, this idea that people remember who is present, who shows up. So I encourage you, I beg of you, to think about the ways that you can offer love in very tangible ways, even very small ways, to all the people around you, especially those who are in suffering. You don't have to solve everything. Just show up with a flower or a sticker or a bottle of Gatorade and be there for a little bit. It, it is holy work and makes a world of difference. But this is also Mother's Day. And as I'm reading this poem about this amazing love lesson, I have to you know, acknowledge the fact that we are imperfect. My, the mothers in my life, my mom, my wife, my eldest daughter, uh, they love hard and fiercely and gloriously. But it's never perfect love. We are not perfect people. Uh, my own mom taught me many lessons about love. I think the most important one that sticks with me and the one that I use all the time still is that we must love people who are difficult, especially because they are difficult. And of course, really I'm talking about me. I was difficult, uh, but it was my idiosyncrasies uh, that made uh, mom's love for me that much more glorious. Uh, she found ways to love me uh, for who I am with all of my problems. Uh, and that's something I've been trying to do is find ways to love people, not fix them, but love them as they are broken, battered, wounded, weird. Because uh, I've come to find that those are the people that I love the most. Uh, my wife has taught me so much about acceptance and forgiveness in ways that are so incredibly powerful. And I'm just now starting to learn about love from my eldest daughter, Jessica, who is raising our first granddaughter. Um, and she is an amazing mom in encouraging her daughter, Eloise, my granddaughter, to be herself. And there's this tremendous sort of acceptance encouragement of her personality and watching it grow. Um, so for me, I have this incredible privilege of watching three amazing women with three very different styles of love uh, bring love and joy into the world at various stages, right? New mom, mom with empty nest, uh, and then a, a very experienced older, my mother. And it is an incredible privilege that I celebrate um, because each of them is helping me become a better human being by teaching me different ways of loving. So I shout out to the three moms in my life, 
And I hope you take this opportunity to shout out to all the moms that surround you. May God bless you all. Talk to you soon.